This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, we're heading into the long Easter weekend. And of course, a lot of people, school is out during the Easter break and a lot of people do plan their trips. So what better time, I ask myself, than to uh, share some thoughts and some uh, really interesting conversation with a couple of folks who know all about uh, hospitality and um, giving people a great place to stay. Just having a chat with our producer, Dave Williams, uh, just before we came on here, and he said, you know, you're not going to believe this, but your guests, I just booked a trip with them. So uh, that's great to hear, David. It's such a beautiful spot, too. We'll get into that now in a moment. Well, I was absolutely delighted the other day when a surprise delivery showed up here at VOCM, hand-delivered, no less. Uh, for more than two years now, we've been talking about how COVID has changed our lives and the lasting impact it's had on all of us, not the least of which is the local tourism industry, which, of course, is struggle to stay viable and survive when their very bread and butter, that is outside visitors, weren't able to enter the province. Well, just imagine having a business in a small rural community that's been operating for a quarter century, weathering the ups and downs of uh, economic conditions, weather, a pandemic, and then still finding new and innovative ways to share their passion and creativity with the world. Well, that's where my next two guests come in. I received a copy of this absolutely astoundingly beautiful volume. I can't say enough about it. I'm a bit of a bibliophile anyway, but wow, this is one sexy book. (laughs) It's called Taking a Chance, the First 25 Years of Fisher's Loft in an urban to rural journey. John and Peggy Fisher lay it all out in a beautiful hardbound volume of breathtaking pictures, delectable recipes, biographies, family history, and a foreword by Dame Judy Dench, no less. <laughs> well, they join me now. Hello. 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 Wow. What more can I say? Where do we start? <laughs> How do you finish? <laughs> Indeed, um, it's it's been it's been just a, a, a labor of of love. We have worked with some of the most wonderful people over the two barren years of uh, of the pandemic, uh, and the first year of the pandemic, uh, 2021. We actually closed the inn completely to protect our staff, to protect the community, and we just simply didn't know what we were getting into. So you decided to put together a book. <laughs> so we decided to write a book. <laughs> Why not? Well, I want to, uh, I guess, start from the beginning, so to speak. And I just opened up the volume and I just found this beautiful picture of bread being kneaded. And I never thought that bread being kneaded would look so amazing. <laughs> but anyway, first off, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, where are you from? Uh, what's your background? I'll start with you, John. All right. Well, originally I'm from England, but I've been living in Canada for, God knows, 55 years or something like that. But I've been living in Newfoundland, more to the point, for 30 years. And uh, I first came here to do some uh, consulting work for Parks Canada. 
and then discovered how wonderful this place was. Luckily, I have a wife who is the, the daughter of a professor who spent many years in uh, having uh, sabbaticals in rather barren and windswept places because he is a person who uh, translated a lot of the Viking sagas. And so he did his research work in places uh, like the Faroe Islands and places of that sort. And so when I suggested to Peggy, and I was halfway through a consulting contract, you should come down here and see it. And he said, don't be so daft. I've got the kids in preschool and all this. But she came the next year, and she fell in love with the place, as did I. And that's rather wonderful when you have two people agreeing to something like this. Well, for sure. What a journey. Uh, Peggy, what's, uh, what's your background? Um, well, I, I have, um, I grew up in Ottawa, uh, in an academic household and, um, and I've got a, um, a degree in, in art history. So it's been, it's been very valuable. This is probably the first place that I've really been able to put it to use because we have so much original art hanging around the place and, and every year we have, um, an exhibition in our conference center uh, where we feature one particular artist uh, and we, we tr- attempt to sell the work. Uh, we, don't, we don't take anything for the, any, anything that we sell because it makes, it makes our place look, come alive so much just having uh, original artwork on the walls. So the artist keeps 100% of the proceeds. Well, that's amazing. And, and of course, then you have these beautiful things that spark conversation and interest and all the rest of it and are just visually appealing, you know, hanging on your walls. That's right. Yeah. So you took a chance. <laughs> and uh, Port Rexton, Trinity Bay, of course, for those who haven't been, is an absolutely beauth- breathtaking community. But how did it come to your attention? Um, well, well, I came. I'll answer this question. <clears throat> I came with John on one of his uh, trips, one of his working trips, and it was the first time that I'd ever been in Newfoundland. And I came with our two sons, who were about six and eight at the time. And John was working in Grand Falls, and we decided that we would come to the Trinity area. Um, which which we fell in love with. They were still building boats on the beach, and you know it was just absolutely gorgeous. And the, uh, was it was September, one of those perfect Septembers. And uh, I said to John, I think I think maybe we should look at that area for a place um, to to have as a summer home. So that's what we did. We came the next the next spring. We came. Um, he was working in Clarenville. And we came and, and looked uh, in this area and found the only house that was for sale, officially, uh, and bought it. That's amazing. And uh, John, uh, I mean, what prompted you to turn a summer home into a permanent home into a business? Um, desperation and running out of money. <laughs> That's always a good motivator. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, a lot of people have this idea, and we did too, like, wouldn't it be great to relocate to a, 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 a coastal rural area? Um, but then after a while, I was very lucky because I, I was consulting uh, right across the country, but after a while, when you're not in the swim of things in Ottawa and so on, 
uh, you know, the contracts tend to dry up and uh, we were suddenly looking at how are we going to pay the bills because we want to stay here. Uh, at first, we, we just bought the house for as a summer house. We came down for one summer and then got the idea that it would be really a good idea to move here. I, we were both really concerned at the, the, the busyness and the overdevelopment of Ontario where we were living uh, and just wanted some, some peace and quiet. And I had grown up uh, in England, uh, you know, on rivers and estuaries and, uh, you know, sea coastlines and what have you. So this suited me down to the ground, but there was the issue of staying alive. And luckily, uh, somebody running another BMB in this area came over and said, why don't you take our overspill? And uh, we were a bit, bit uncertain about that, the idea of, you know, B&B people in your house, do you get any peace and quiet and so on, although we had stayed in some very nice BMPs around the world. And uh, we decided to take a plunge, except we used an extension to our house, so it wasn't in our house. But then after the second year, we turned away more people than we had actually entertained and uh, accommodated. We had four rooms. And so we decided then to take a plunge into something um, a lot bigger. And that, that was the origin of the inn. So we built uh, another couple of houses. We made a point of it not being an institutional building. Uh, uh, but buildings that really reflected the vernacular of the architecture in this area. Um, and we added eight more rooms. And wouldn't you know it, within uh, two more years, we were turning away hundreds of people again. So we then built another house, another couple of houses. And on it went to a point where we reached 33 rooms and suites. We have a, a, a dining room. We have a conference center. We have a, a bookstore. Um, and about 12,000 people a year go through here in the six months that we're open in the in the summer and the fall and uh, and a little bit of the spring as well 12,000 yes yes it's been and it's not that we're really that clever um, and it's something I always have to say to people we were just in the right place at the right time and um, there was an entrepreneur that I, I was reading about in the United States and he said you know it's all about timing. He said, that's, that's what this is all about. Um, and the trouble is, when it's the right timing, uh, you don't know that. You don't know that. But it just turns out that it is. So when we started, the Internet came alive. Um, uh, uh, the shipping news uh, was shot here after a Random Passage and so on. And suddenly, rural Newfoundland became incredibly fashionable. I mean, the reason we know Judy Dench is because she stayed here during the making of the shipping news along with some other very famous people. So timing is of the essence, as they say. Yeah, it is. It, it absolutely is. And I mean, he, he pointed to the fact of uh, sort of Airbnb, um, you know, that came from the idea that people had high mortgages, there was high, un, uh, high interest mortgages, there was high unemployment. And uh, uh, people said, well, I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a spare room. I've got to rent that out. And, that's, and it grew into a multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's, if, if, we, if we only knew uh, it was the right timing, we'd all be rich. But we just sort of fell into this. And uh, what we did, we expanded the inn every time. Uh, we were turning more and more people away. But we pretty much re reached the limit. We don't want to be a big institutional uh, structure. 
um, and people, you know, have had enough of those places. And we, you know, we run this with the family and with uh, 20 of the finest people I've ever, ever met in my life from rural Newfoundland. They're a pretty good crowd. My guests today on On Target are John and Peggy Fisher. We just lost Peggy, but we're going to get her back during no, the break. I'm, I'm here. I think I'm here. Oh, Can you are here. I am here. Hello. <laughs> so we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that uh, crucial timing factor because um, 25 years ago was not an overly easy time in Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. My guests today are John and Peggy Fisher of the Fisher's Loft in beautiful Port Rexton, Trinity Bay. And they've just come out with, uh, as if it wasn't enough, (laughs) everything that they're doing. They've just come out with this beautiful book, Taking a Chance, An Urban to Rural Journey. And I wanted to ask you about that, Peggy. You uh, grew up in Ottawa and... Uh, you landed in Port Rexton 25 years ago. That's in the wake of the Cod Moratorium. Those were perhaps some of the darkest days in Newfoundland and Labrador. This place was trying to find itself after absolutely being decimated. People were leaving in droves, were still suffering from that exodus. And yet you decided to come here with two young school-age boys. You had to be worried about the opportunities that were here for them. Um, we were, of course. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I think I grew up in a household where uh, school was always considered a more sociable occasion than a learning occasion. And so I wasn't too worried about the school. And I, of course, fell on my feet because I ended up being the counselor um, with the Northern Cod Adjustment and Recovery Program. In, in the in this for this particular area so I ended up getting to know everybody who was involved with the fishery in this particular area and it was a great introduction for me and you make mention of the fact that uh, you know there's that I suppose freedom that it allowed your boys to explore Oh, yeah. I mean, we had never, we, you know, their lives were completely regulated from music lessons to any sport activity that they had. And, and you, you know, you were constantly um, in the car driving them from one place to the next and, and following a schedule. Whereas here, they would go out the door in the morning and um, we didn't worry about them. And, and it, was, it was absolutely wonderful. It was wonderful for us, and it was really wonderful for them. But, uh, Linda, one of the, the ways we have written the book, as you know, because you've got it in front of you, is that we profiled different people and families and so on. And one of the really great profiles, I think, is the Jones family, who, uh, you know, had a 3411 uh, open uh, uh, trap skiff and the moratorium hit, and their world was ostensibly over. Uh, and they worked through all kinds of difficulties and really, really, really difficult situations. And here they are now um, with a a 45-foot long liner uh, rubbing the rocks and going off into the deep water, and they have uh, uh, carried on fishing um, with their boys and now with their grandchildren. And we have a a picture of all uh, seven, eight, nine, ten 
10 of them uh, looking over the gunnel of their longliner, and uh, we tell their story. And so people coming from away can see these and hear these things um, in our book. When I say hear, you, you literally can almost hear the sea when you hear these people talking, the Jones family talking about their experience. And we wanted to make a real thing of the lives that are being lived here and the lives that struggle through some really, really difficult times, as you were saying. And I've seen the picture. It's, it's beautiful. And it really tells a story just to see them all standing up there by their boat. This is my life and these are my people, <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really is a more uh, amazing, the, the story just that one image tells. Uh, but you've highlighted a lot of people here. Yep. We, uh, we, well, you know, one of the things, one of the great things about taking a chance is who you, who you going to meet, because we knew none of the people in this book when we arrived, and a lot of them have become very, very good friends. I mean, one of them is, is Barbara Doran, who's well known for Random Passage and all kinds of films and so on, um, and uh, she knew a whole pile of people, and then we got to meet her friends, uh, and so suddenly we're in, the, we're in the middle of a social network that we didn't even know existed when and we left Ontario. And again, back to that timing, because this is really when the, the film industry really started to blossom and build here. And well, a lot of it was focused in that Trinity, Port Rexton area. Well, that's right. And, I mean, you want to talk about taking a chance. I mean, uh, you know, try, try wearing Barbara Doran shoes. I mean, this was really difficult stuff. I mean, nobody had thought of making a major fil feature film, let alone a feature television series, in rural Newfoundland. And she pioneered that. And the only reason we got the shipping news in rural Newfoundland, and that was shot around here, was because of the work that she did. So suddenly we end up with people like uh, uh, Judy Dench and people like that um, uh, living here for a couple of months, which was quite an experience. You must shake your head from time to time. You know, how did you get here? How did this all happen? How did I get Dame Judy Dench to write the foreword on my book and become friends with her when in the UK you might never have had that opportunity? I absolutely never would. As a, you know, the UK has a population of 60 million plus. Imagine getting to know Judy Dench. And, uh, you know, we've had some, you know, wonderful times with her. But, you know, uh, uh, Peggy has retained a relationship with her. And um, we just asked her and we thought there would be layers of agents and lawyers and goodness knows what, but Judy herself wrote back and said, I'd love to do it. Uh, and uh, we were just flabbergasted. <laughs> and I mean, if you, I mean, and she did this. I mean, there's a, you know, she did it voluntarily. She did it because we know her. Uh, imagine what you'd have to pay a Judy Dench. I don't think she'd even be available if you did pay her to do something like this. So extraordinary things happen when you take a chance, I guess. And uh, if anyone knows anything about uh, getting together in Newfoundland and Labrador and uh, uh, gathering with friends or gathering with family, and a lot of us have missed that over the last two years, it yeah. involves food. Yep. And I want to talk about the food aspect of this and these beautiful recipes when we come back after the break. My guests today on On Target are John and Peggy Fisher of the Fisher's Loft in Port Rexton. They're out with a new book, Taking a Chance, the first 25 years of the Fisher's Loft in an urban to rural journey. We'll be back right after this. Your VOCM 2022 ECMA nominee for Media Outlet of the Year. And we're back. My guests today on On Target are John and Peggy Fisher of the Fisher's Loft in uh, beautiful Port Rexton, and they're out with this new book. And it touches on just about everything. <laughs> um, 
Um, uh, you're used to expanding and building and growing and all of those good things. How did you nail down what was going to be included in the book? Well, that was a that was a tricky kind of a subject, but uh, the, the answer was that the people. It was the people that worked at Fisher's Loft Inn, and and our neighbours and our guests. And I think they gave us the first clues. But we wanted to do something more than just a cookbook. We wanted to uh, reflect the whole experience because when you run an inn, and people eat at the inn, you know they they often want recipes to take home with them. So we we got that question very often. But in equal measure, we had a question of how the heck did you come to this place why, why did you leave the, the the streets paved with gold in Ontario which they're not and uh, so we uh, so we, 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 we looked at the book as a way of getting across some of those messages and Peggy the the recipes are really extraordinary you know not only do you see the the classic tea buns and the toutons and the bread and all of those kinds of things but you have things like gravlax and brunade de and chevre <laughs> and all of these things like so how do you how do you pick these recipes how do you pick the uh, the menu um, well, we decided um, early on, in fact, before we served our first dinner, we, we made our minds up that that we, we couldn't make it a vast menu. So it was going to have to be, um, uh, you know, what we were serving that particular night. Um, and so, you know, we, we made up our minds that it would be uh, a starter, which is usually a soup, a salad, a main course, and there's a choice with that, and, and a dessert. And the thing that is, is so wonderful about that is that you can decide when people are going to eat, what they're going to eat, how much they're going to pay. And, um, and so it, it worked very well. And, and coming up with the menus was a bit more of a challenge, but we have had people uh, consulting chefs and then uh, we had Roger Pickavance, who started out as one of our consulting chefs, but who has has um, taken all the menus and put them into some sort of form that that can be used in a home. So you know they've they've gone from from um, serving 30 to 40 people down to to just six or eight people. But one of the things we're really proud about, and Peggy has orchestrated this, by having consulting chefs in, we are transferring skills to uh, rural people uh, who haven't seen some of these uh, uh, recipes before, and we, and we, the consulting chef works with them to teach them how to prepare that meal. Um, and uh, the thing is that, that chefs can very often come and go, as we all know, and the idea of empowering um, uh, local people, people who live here, uh, to do the cooking, we thought was a much better proposition. And most people eat at our restaurant have no idea that there is not a fancy chef in the kitchen. It's a local person who has been trained by a fancy chef. Have you always served food? How did that evolve? Well, um, when, we, when we first started out, we were just a, a four-room bed and breakfast, and all we served was breakfast. And I, I used to, to, to make that and serve it with, with help from one or two other people. But then one, when we expanded to 12 rooms, uh, we became an inn. And one of the obligations of an inn is to provide an evening meal. And so we had to do that. 
and <laughs> that was a real challenge um, coming up with with what we were going to serve today. I mean, the, the the cook and I used to to meet at at sort of noon um, in the kitchen and say, "Oh well, what are we going to do for tonight?" <laughs> and uh, and we'd come up with a with a menu, and then I'd drive off to get the fish or the chicken or whatever it was that we were going to serve. And and that's the way it sort of evolved. And now, now of course, it 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 runs much more smoothly, and it's it's much more. Um, it's it's not it, it's never fancy. It's just freshly prepared, and it's home cooked. <laughs> I had to laugh when you said, you know, you and your chef would sit down going, what are we going to do tonight? You're, you're taking that daily family arduous decision-making and you're bringing it up a notch. <laughs> That's right. The, 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 most, the most high-profile person we ever had in the kitchen was Judy Dench, who ran the dishwasher and, and learned to make bread. Is that right, Peggy? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so in between, you know, uh, uh, scenes that she had to perform, she would actually work in the kitchen just to keep her feet on the ground and make life normal. And again, and that had to be one of those moments where you had to shake your head for a moment and think, I'm looking at Dame Judy Dench making bread in my kitchen yeah. and washing my, the dishes. My mother didn't ever really believe that Judy Dench was here, and she was actually on British television talking about Peggy and me, and my mother still didn't believe her. <laughs> That's just like a mother, though. Just like a mother, yeah. No, you're not telling the truth. That's right. <laughs> So, um, of course, we've got this beautiful volume. You've managed to make it through. It hasn't been easy. What kind of an impact did the pandemic have? Well, uh, you know, it, 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 I think it, I think for a lot of Newfoundlanders, it it, it 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 brought them much closer together. I mean, we I mean we I mean, imagine laying people off for a year. Now the government came through fairly well for everybody, um, uh, but then uh, the stress actually came uh, last year when we opened up again, and then uh, to our great surprise, we were inundated with hundreds of Newfoundlanders, young Newfoundlanders, and. Uh, it was a terrific experience, but we 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 had uh, we were understaffed, and everybody had to give up a day off, which they did quite willingly. Um, and and I think we all became a lot closer because we had to struggle through that, and we still had to perform at the same level as we did when we stopped at the end of 2019. Um, so I think you know, like a lot of um, uh, reversals in life, uh, you learn uh, things about yourself. You dig a little deeper, and we all dug, to, you know, collectively a little deeper on this one. And I think, in the long run, I would say um, that I think we're a better, stronger place because of that. But again, I just can't say enough about the people that work for us out here. Um, they are real troopers, and they, you know, we talk about the hospitality business. But if you're more about business than you are about hospitality, get out of it. And um, I mean, I was just talking this morning of one of our staff um, who was confronted with a guest uh, from St. John's uh, who'd locked himself out of the car. And she said, well, look, you know, here are my keys. Go back to St. John's, find your keys and come back and, and you know, you, you'll, you'll solve your problem. And that was some years ago. And every year that guest shows up with a bottle of wine for Kathy. <laughs> 
<laughs> he didn't forget that. And, you know, as so, and we don't train people to do that. This is what a rural Newfoundlander does when they see somebody in trouble. Uh, and we have actually profited from that. So I would, I'm first to say, and Peggy is the first to say, and our sons are the same, that 80% of our success are the people who work here. Well, and we all remember 9-11, of course. People were coming here, strangers, uh, no place to go. Yep, people yep. taking them into their homes and saying, yep. uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to take a cab, I suppose, to go and get some groceries. And people saying, no, here, take my yeah. car, go. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and this is just something in this province. And I think that's what attracted us to this province and is certainly what kept us. And certainly our business has absolutely prospered because of that, that general view, that generosity, you know, which has been lost because there's so much anonymity and and bother and, uh, and stress in city life that it seems to have gone. And as Judy Dench herself said, you know, this must have been like England was 150, 200 years ago. Well, indeed, in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of places in this world were kind of like that, you yep. know, uh, generations ago. Yep. Um, do you think, you know, that everything is opening up now and we're all looking forward to things returning to and, you know, air quotes like we've all been saying, normal. Uh, we all know things are not normal uh, and there are still a lot of concerns and fears. I had a, a conversation with um, uh, Father Paul Lundrigan about, you know, some of the trepidation that people are still expressing about getting back to gathering and that sort of thing. What's it like in, in the hospitality business? Are, are you excited? Are you still a little bit reserved about it? No, well, we are. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think we are excited. We're 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 looking forward to opening up, which is going to happen for us in a couple of weeks. Um, but we are nervous uh, because you know it, not everybody on the staff has had the virus. Uh, John and I haven't had it. Our sons, who run the place, and they're and and the spouse of one of them, they've they've all had it, so they can keep going. But you know, there are other members of the staff who haven't had it, and 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 if they got it, um, you know, we could end up having to close, which was well, always the thing that hung over us last year, and it never happened. Fortunately, it didn't happen. And with any luck, it won't happen this year either. Well, actually, with people coming from, uh, you know, the states and mainland Canada, because you can't get on a plane unless you, you, you've tested clear of COVID. So that, that's one protection. But we will still exercise, I think, masks, uh, separation to some degree and so on. Um, I think it behooves us to be very cautious. But I've got to tell you that our bookings, um, we have never had such a huge advance bookings. I think we are half to three quarters or two thirds sold out already. Wow. So that's pent up demand. And uh, we, we guessed it was coming and it sure did. I mean, uh, Kathy, who takes our bookings, uh, gets hold of us every week and said, you won't believe the numbers of people uh, booking here. So clearly um, uh, the, the buying public is, is not concerned. We are concerned for them and we will take great precautions to look after them and great precautions to look after our staff as well. And of course, the nice thing in the summer months, depending on what kind of a summer we yeah. end up with is that you can crack the windows and let that beautiful fresh air in. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I, I mean, we still realize or think we are in, in a pandemic and we have to function with caution uh, and, and we will. Um, we, we owe it to everybody around us, uh, staff and, and guests. So it, it's not over yet. And uh, who knows what's coming? We hope for the best, but plan for the worst. 
My guests today on On Target are John and Peggy Fisher of the Fisher's Loft in Port Rexton. They're out with this beautiful book, Taking a Chance. Self-published? Yes. Wow. But, but it, it looks like a professional book. I ought to tell you, when we took it to chapters and uh, they looked down their nose a little bit at self-publishing, but when we took it out of the satchel, they went, wow. <laughs> and they've given us a terrific uh, location in their store, so we're pretty happy about that. And Peggy already knows my reaction. <laughs> I called her right away. I said, ah! <laughs> I know, I know. It, it's wonderful. It is really wonderful to hear comments like yours. It, it is a beautiful, hardbound. You, I mean, I, you know, well, kudos. <laughs> well, you know, listen, we had uh, we had Sandy Newton as a managing editor. Uh, uh, she works from here. We had uh, two young women at Perfect Day, uh, Heather Bonya and uh, Vanessa Eden, two just incredibly talented and committed people, never missed a deadline. All that you're admiring is their work. Um, and and so it, this was a project of some joy. And it was also, you know, Peggy and I are in our 70s, and they're probably in their 20s and early 30s. So it was an intergenerational project. <laughs> oh, but we also had some wonderful photographers. Yep. We were very lucky to have um, Candace and Drew Kennedy and, and Dennis Minty and, and, another, and, and many others, you know. But they were the two, they, they're the two principal groups. Fantastic, and I want to ask you a little bit more about the photography when we come back right after this. My guests today on On Target are John and Peggy Fisher of the Fisher's Loft Inn in beautiful Port Rexton. We'll be back right after this. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. And we're back. My guests today on On Target are John and Peggy Fisher of the Fisher's Loft. Uh, They have a book, Taking a Chance, An Urban to Rural Journey. It includes um, 80-plus recipes from the inn, and some of them are quite extraordinary. I'm going to be making a big mess the weekend now, see what I can do. (laughs) Um, But you were, uh, Peggy, you mentioned the photography, and I wanted to, to highlight that for a moment because I've always said that there's something about the quality of the light on the Bonavista Peninsula. I can't put my finger on it, but it is different. It's special, and you've ca- managed to capture that, especially in this cover photo. I, I, I agree. Uh, that, that's one of Dennis Minty's photographs, and Dennis has been coming to, New, uh, to uh, Port Rexon and staying at the inn for years and years um, because he used to come with photography groups and would get up very early in the morning and take these wonderful photographs. Um, there is, you're, you're absolutely right. There is something about the light. And, and of course, m- the most beautiful light is, is very early in the morning. But this is where, you know, taking a chance. I called Dennis uh, to get some food shots, and he said, John, you know, I've been there for 10 years, and I've been taking pictures for 10 years, and I have 200 pictures of the inn. I didn't know this. And uh, we have used many of them in the book. I don't know where that book would be without Dennis. Who took that picture of the codfish? Uh, I think he did. Yeah, Yeah, he did that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The texture. Yeah. 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 I've never wanted to feel a fish so much. 
(laughs) (laughs) But the other thing is that that we've got a a couple of wonderful young photographers, Drew and Candace Kennedy, who I think are in their 20s, and they happen to be friends of our children um, who, you know, have, have taken over the inn. And um, and it's it's great to have them doing. They've done so much of the portraiture, and and they're absolutely brilliant. They are indeed. It, it's it's a gorgeous volume. Well done to all of you. So it, this is not just a story about a business. It's not just a story about rural Newfoundland and making a success of things. It's not just a story about beauty and taste and all of those wonderful things. This is a family story as well. Uh, yeah, very, very much so, I, and, and we think it's a family experience. Uh, um, I mean, we moved out of downtown Toronto. We were both, Peggy and I met in theatre. We were uh, restoring, uh, not restoring, but repurposing a Victorian courthouse. That's that's how we met and got married and so on. But then we were mortgage refugees, and, and that was when houses in Toronto were just crossing the $100,000 level. We moved out to Peterborough. Those houses now cost over a million dollars. Uh, so we lived in Peterborough for about 10 years. It was a very nice university town, strong friendships and so on. But we just felt there was maybe a little bit more to life than this. And that's when we took the chance. So we, you know, we and, and uh, our boys, each of them, I mean, Gabe is going surfing tomorrow. And uh, believe it or not. Uh, and, and they just love the countryside. And, uh, and these are two urban, urban, very urban kids. Luke worked in feature film uh, production, finishing as a first assistant director, but he just simply wanted to come back to something that made more sense to him, and rural Newfoundland made more sense to him, and he had all the connections with all those big names we know in films and so on from around the world, Uh, but they they can come here to see him. He's not going to go to see them. A real Newfoundlander. Yeah, a real Newfoundlander, yeah, right. Right? I mean, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about coming back. It's about coming home. It's about community. I have Barbara Dorn, when she talks about uh, uh, random passage, she said, you know, it wasn't really about the fish. It was about the people, and it was about community and caring for one another and surviving. And it's a, it's a really good point. And, of course, this book can't capture it. And I might be a little bit weird <laughs> when I say this, but uh, we talked about the quality of the light on the Bonavista Peninsula and, and Port Rexton in particular, but there's the smell. Yep. There's a smell. It's a perfume. It, it's the wild roses. It's the lupins. It's the hay. It's the ocean. It's the spruce. Yep. Yep. It's, it's all there. I, I mean, I was always never quite happy wherever I was living in the world, and that includes London and Toronto and all the rest. Uh, but we have now a house on top of the ridge looking over the bay, and we watch the play of the universe at night and the sun rising in the morning. And I, every morning, we both look at each other and say, my God, how do we get here? I mean, we just, it doesn't get taken for granted. It's just such a marvel. It's a great pageant that plays out before us every day with the changing light and so on. So it's needless to say, you're staying put. Oh, damn right. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't going nowhere. So, uh, you know, we've talked about the book now for a while. Uh, Where can people get it? 
Um, well, I think we, we've, well, I know we've got, there, there are bookshops which are buying in. We're still in the process of doing that. However, at this, at this moment, you can get it at uh, Chapters, The Travel Bug, Home on Water Street, uh, Johnny Roof, uh, even Food for Thought. Uh, so those are, you know, uh, five or six places that we have now. But we will, uh, it, it will get, end up in most bookshops, in all bookshops and other places. So it, it, it should be readily available. Um, but we're just starting that process now, and so far we've got five or six people who have agreed to sell it. And we were, we, we, you know, we worked away for two years, not really knowing whether what we were doing was any good or not. But we, today we had, um, well, we're here on this show, but we've had all, uh, we've started to get reviews this morning, and I have to say, and forgive me, I put modesty to one side for a moment, we've got a rave reviews on the book, and we, we, we're, and we're very excited and very surprised for some reason. We just didn't know what we what we had. Well, my phone hasn't stopped, I have to say, during our conversation. People saying, where can I get it? Where can I yep. get it? Yep. So uh, eventually you hope to have this uh, right across the province? The whole province, yep. And uh, and we'll also be able to sell it at the inn as well. Anybody coming to the inn, of course, can buy it. But I must say, you know, we, we wanted somebody who was really hard-bitten, and the manager of chapters will be that person. And she has been absolutely fabulous. And she's put the book in the, uh, the, in the cookbook department and also in the hot new Canadian books department and we're pretty thrilled about that so we, we thought if she's going to do that this book must be okay after all you know a Newfoundland success story John and Peggy Fisher Peggy final thoughts well we're we're very excited about it all we're hoping that 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 everybody is going to buy the book and um, and 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 that they're going to want to come and visit us because of it and John final thoughts from you uh, just more of the same. Um, I mean, if anybody can possibly get out here, uh, it's the place to be. You can get out here in two and a half hours, even within the speed limit. It's not that long, but, you know, I think you're, tra- you're traveling back in time when you come to Port Rexton. It's peaceful. And all the things that you said about the, the air, the smells, the light, everything, it's heaven on earth. And people are following you now. <laughs> There's businesses coming to Port Rexton because of you, I would, I would presume. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I, well, I, I don't know whether they're here because of us, but they're here because they see, they see the same things in Port Rexton that we saw, like the brewery and, and two whales. And, and the whole Bonavista Peninsula is, is really coming alive. Lots of young people. That's the most exciting thing. And young people wanting to move here and start businesses here. Uh, this place has a lot of green shoots, and it's really exciting. It is exciting indeed. John and Peggy Fisher, all the best to you both. Thank you very much. And thank you thank very you. much. And have a good, happy Easter. And, and you. the same to you. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll be off tomorrow, of course, for uh, Good Friday. But uh, join us on Monday. We have another show uh, planned for you then. Do take care. Thanks a lot. Have a happy Easter.